we always felt lucky to just be doing the show. You know, we knew it was the best work we were probably ever going to do and it was the funnest journey we were ever going to go on. So just enjoyed the ride while we had it. This is a really special episode, this one, with a really highly experienced producer. Hello, my name is Dom Evans. I'm head of production at Fox FM in Melbourne. And in this podcast series, I'm talking to audio producers from all around the world about how they craft the sound of radio stations. Now, some of you might have been expecting Matt Fisher from the BBC this week. Rest assured, it is coming. Just waiting on approvals from the BBC. Hoping I can share that with you really soon. But today's episode is incredible. All right, let's go. This is broadcast. My guest today is Chris Marsh, or Marshy, an incredibly experienced producer who's worked on shows like The Matt and Joe Show, Fifi and Jules, Dan and Maz, Hamish and Andy for a long time, and that's where we spend most of our time today. And he's just recently joined Triple M working on Kennedy Malloy, and he also still produces Hamish and Andy's weekly podcast. Tons of experience. Uh, for the international listeners, it's really hard to summarise what Hamish and Andy is. It's a... It, I feel like Juggernaut is underselling it. It's a Juggernaut show in Australia with a huge following and a massive successful run. And Marshy had the privilege of sitting with those guys every day and adding a lot of value to that show. And in fact, that's where we start. I want to know, what was it like to work with Hamish and Andy every day? Oh, it can be daunting. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And... Yeah, there can be a point where you kind of go, you know, it's tough to pitch a, a line to Hamish Blake and go, I've got a better way to end your sketch. <laughs> um, and that just came from time doing it and experience of going, I'm sitting here having a thought in my head that, and and it's that same self-talk that most creatives who are all neurotic have, which is, oh, they've already thought of this. I'm not going to say this. I'll look like an idiot. Why would I? Mm. And after a while you just go, screw it, I'll just say it. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times they went, oh, that's an interesting way to think about it. We hadn't thought of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And end up doing stuff. And it was, and I always kind of thought of my time on that show. Yeah, it's it's definitely about adding value. Mm. And then- how can I use my skills in how we record it or edit it to add value to the final idea? Because with Hamish and Andy, the journey is always the fun part. It's, mm. And that's where the show lived in its excitement was in the journey and the fun along the way. It was and never so the destination, was no, it? it was no. never the destination. And mm. the destination would often change and move. Mm. Um, but it was about the journey along the way. And so it's how can I reflect that in the story we're telling on the air, Hmm. in promos, in montages, in whatever. Where were you when Hamish and Andy pushed the button? I've got a button in my boat. I've never ever pushed it. And it says on it next to it, don't push. So I've never ever pushed it. I don't know what to do about it. (laughs) Would you press the do not press button live on air for us? All right, I'm about to push it. Do it. Ready? Mm. I've just pushed it. There's a clicking noise at the back of the boat. That's about it. Has the clicking stopped? All that and it's just a click. <laughs> Not doing anything. We wonder why it says don't push. <laughs> <laughs> Hamish and Andy's next chapter begins in July. You know, Hamish and Andy's production is like unlike pretty much 
any other radio show. What was your ethos or filter? Uh, you definitely, I definitely built a tone mm-hmm. around the music choices I would make. Um, I suppose a little bit my ethos is to stay out of the way because a bit with Hamish and Andy, it's tough to make them funnier, <laughs> you know, than they already are. Mm. Hamish's brain is one of the most unique and interesting things you'll ever see. So, yeah, it's often single voice, single track, edited a lot. Okay, edit a lot of music so that it stops or builds or in the right spots in a promo, but it doesn't change a lot. I haven't got four hooks in it. I'm, I'm not beat mixing. Beat mixing. Things. I'm yeah. not doing a whole heap. Mm. It didn't need it. It's interesting to hear you sort of say that you had a, a tone because I feel like one of the great things about it is every piece of production almost had its own tone. Like I'm thinking like the cool boys and the front man. 200 screaming year tens. It's cool boys and the front man! The Veronicas. PCW, you guys ready to rock with us? And the cool boys. Put your hands up if you love good music that's in time and all the correct notes are played. All right, guys. The first gig at Madonga Catholic College's Year 10 formal went off. See the highlights. Follow the tour at hamishandandy.com. Thanks very much. Good night. Season we love you. For a show that sat on a predominantly sort of CHR network. Wouldn't you agree, like, that production, true to Hamish and Andy's style, but it's sort of like it. you came up with your own sort of non-CHR sound for it, but that was sort of what was so glorious about all this production, I think. Absolutely, and I'm always trying to find what the tone of the show is, probably to the detriment of me with, with content directors because it doesn't necessarily fit in. You know, I'm currently working on Kennedy Malloy on Triple M, mm. you know, the big rock station. I hardly <laughs> ever use rock in their promos. Hardly ever. A yeah. little bit, but I'm trying to find stuff that suits the tone of the show, mm. not necessarily the tone of the station. Because if everything else around it is rock, then how am I standing out on the station for what makes our show unique? Triple M's Kennedy Malloy. The former PM has a lot of time on his hands. He's been caught coming out of a waxing salon. For Hamish and Andy, a cheeky tone was what the show was. Mm. So that's what needed to be on the air. Not, you know, Hamish and Andy over a thumping dance beat just doesn't work. Mm. It's very true. You know, the Hamish and Andy Cheers promo. (laughs) (laughs) Outstanding piece of content. When Hamish and Andy used to switch on their microphones, it didn't always go as planned. Like when Giggling Ben played the wrong sound effect. I declare myself the winner of Chopstick Weightlifting. Did we just... (laughs) Did we just try and play a sound effect? (laughs) Hang on, stop. Sorry. I think Ben went to play a crowd cheering and he's played the theme song to Cheers. <laughs> Can we have the theme song to cheers? <laughs> we promise they'll be much more professional this time around. <laughs> One more time. This makes sense now when we think back to what you were saying about 
staying out of the way of the joke. What? Well, yeah, still possibly. <laughs> I mean, and we keep bringing it back because it's still possibly one of my most favourite moments on the air. A lot of shows would try to sweep past that moment. Oh, the wrong things happened. Uh, quick, you know, don't mention it. But that's what I love about Hamish and Andy's. They were never afraid to just whatever happened happened, and it was embraced. Back to the journey, right? Well, absolutely, and they were so particular about on-air is sacred to the point where in a planning meeting we'd spend most of the time kicking one or the other out. So mm. Hamish doesn't know what Andy's going to talk about that day. Andy doesn't know what Hamish's going to talk about that day. They want that on-air natural reaction to be real. Mm. So we as producers were in the privileged position of knowing what both ideas were and trying to be a conduit and, you know, most of the time the run sheet would be in absolute secret code. <laughs> Andy Sometimes, one, Hamish two. Exactly. You'd look at the run sheet and you'd go, there's not a single break on here that I can remember who I can talk openly about this idea with. But what that created was on-air magic moments mm. that just can't be manufactured, you know, to the point where we had a fragrance fully produced and ready to roll into stores without Andy's knowledge. Mm. And the first time he heard about it was on the air. I am thoughtful. I am busy. I'm planning some stuff with the boys, yet also writing notes to my girl. I am active, yet relaxed, ready to rumble, yet always humble. See the game on the weekend? Me too, but not at the expense of family time. Who am I talking to? You don't need to know. You just need to know I'm the right man for the job. What's my pin again? Oh, that's right. I never write it down. Don't need to. I like hats. I like boots. I'll give you those two facts for free, but some secrets are just for me. Japan? Yeah, I've been there. Rest assured, wherever you look for me, I'll be there. There I am. I'm not just smart. I'm not just casual. I am both. I am Andy. It's better not be an ad for Andy by Hamish. Andy by Hamish. A smart casual fragrance for men. Didn't he famously have to sign the contract for it without seeing what the agreement was? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so that's also trust on his part to know that Hamish got his back and, you know, f- such a long working relationship that <laughs> trust in us that where this is going is going to be funny. Mm. You know, the reason we're not trying to stitch you here. Mm. We are in a way. But- <laughs> the the out was never talked about, was it? That's a phrase you'd never hear around that show is, what's the out? Absolutely. Mm. And, yeah, it can't manufacture the outcome. No. Never on that show. We'll end on this joke. Hang on, so what is the joke? Yeah, okay, all right, yeah. You know, actual scripted promos or sweeps or, you know, you get an email from somewhere going, oh, I need some Hamish and Andy talking about Adelaide. Um, <laughs> that was probably me for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> and so you'd write some stuff. Yeah. And, you know, writing in their voices is a skill that, you know, mm. you develop over time. But you get them in a booth and Ham would give you a different end. You could do the same script four times and it would end differently every time. Mm. Um, and they were all good, by the way. They're all good. Yeah. And you, you pick the one that works the best, but um, they didn't like even sticking to a script when mm. there was a script. A lot of um, show audio producers talk about feeling the heat, but one thing I've always really admired about you is you seem so calm. Was it the same for you behind the scenes and how did you kind of manage that stress? Oh, there's always... Stress, and I stress like anyone else, mm. and I get short when I'm stressed. Do you? Okay. So that's the tell. So Samuel, no, yeah, or other producers will know. 
if <laughs> I get in the headspace of you asking me if I've done it, yeah. is taking time away from me doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and Marsh is stressed. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. <laughs> and I suppose what I hang my hat on is I don't think I've, I, I can't recall a time when I've missed a deadline. Mm. So it's a skill you develop over the years of, of prioritizing. When I look at a show and go, right, well, I've got eight things I need to do today. What's up first? What's, and also what's going to take the most amount of time and where, where can I build in buffers to give Mm. myself more time on the things I think are more important? And what do I know I can just get done Mm. quickly without thinking about it, almost robotically push that out Mm. because that doesn't need my creative attention. So it's about where you decide to put your efforts in that day because the show's going on regardless. Mm. It's that great Lorne Michaels quote of, you know, the show doesn't go on because it's ready. The show goes on because it's it's <laughs> time. Thirty, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it four oh three? The show would start or whatever. Yeah, it, that's it. it. The show opener is firing at that time. So <laughs> whether if, you're ready to go or not, exactly. And that's part of the buzz and the energy of doing a daily radio show. That you know, doing a podcast now with the boys doesn't have as many time pressures, but also still they recognise that what made the radio show so successful needs to translate into the podcast. So we run it like a radio show. We have, mm. we have a planning meeting. We set a start time, a record time, and as much as possible try to do it, and it, and it's still done in radio breaks. It's thought mm. of as seven breaks in a show, which ends up being the podcast. Mm. Um, stress. Yeah. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's kind of this made-up thing that we put on ourselves, isn't it? And nothing's ever finished. That's absolutely the truth. Yeah. Nothing's ever perfect. And sometimes as someone who works on a show, you do, you know, the grass is always greener a little bit and you look across at an imaging producer go, God, it'd be nice to have a week to craft something. Mm. Um, Whereas I'm turning out five promos every day in the hour after the show, Mm. (laughs) as well as everything else we put up for the show or stuff like that. But you, it's just experience and time Mm. that you learn to sit with it and learn to go, that's good enough for today to go on the air. Mm. I mean, Sammy would often say to me, oh, you have a higher bar than a lot of other people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like... (laughs) What you're worried about fixing there, most people aren't going to notice, and that's fine, but that that's how you keep your quality up, I guess. Mm. And we take a lot of pride in what we do. Absolutely. And if we know we can make it better, then we, we feel like we have the duty to make it as good as possible, I suppose. Something that Matt Tilly once said to me when I was working on Matt and Joe's show on Fox was, I want you to think of anywhere where you're touching a break whether it's a montage or whether it's the gotcha call or whether it's, um, you know, just a sweep or something, think of those as your breaks in the show. So Matt has his breaks, Joe has her breaks, you have your breaks. Yeah. And that sense of ownership and um, working as part of the team is absolutely where I see myself. Um, I remember saying to Dave Cameron in my job interview, I'm not here to be a service to the show. 
and previously a lot of audio producers were seen as like a service. Mm. You know, when I need to, the producer needs something cut, he goes and sees production and gets it done. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm absolutely here to be an equal member of the team and my ideas are as valid as the talents. And that sort of mindset I think has helped develop great shows on the air because you're a part of all aspects of it. Can we talk about Coconut Love? (laughs) Yeah, sure. So it was an idea the boys had had for ages, writing a crap pop song. But getting a serious artist to, I think the original idea was to pitch it to their label and we were going to, you know, secret mic up when the artist pitched this terrible (laughs) song to their label Mm. as their next single. All the music heads were in town for a, for a conference. We went, it's pretty funny mm. if Guy pitches to all the music heads of all the, the stations around the country that this is his next single. It's his new song. Hi, everyone. I, we've sort of done this before, you know. I've <laughs> come in and played music. And um, obviously sort of buck stops with you guys, you know, hugely influential as to how something like this goes. They literally wrote it in 10 minutes in the studio. Um I went through just a bunch of production beds, found stuff that could work as a pop song that had enough elements that we didn't have to do too much to, to to make it seem believable. So I just had a whole bunch of options and we kind of picked one with Ando. I had 40 minutes with Guy in the booth. You know, we had a brief chat about how I might mix it and I literally had... 15 minutes to mix it. 15 minutes. And then we um, did it that afternoon. It was very funny. And and a really good song. A genuinely catchy song. Love is a coconut on the palm tree of life. Crack one open with me and be my wife. Maybe we'll have a son. Maybe we'll have a daughter. Come swim with me in the coconut water. Well, yeah, funny and repetition when you play something over and over. Mm. I mean, it certainly got in my head, so that's mm. probably a good yeah. indication. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but um, good pop sensibilities as well. But funny that, lyrics, guy, with good pop sensibilities. You know, the eos and the, mm. the echoes and stuff. That was guy. Mm. Um, and him also being that sort of person that gets the joke. Mm. And taking it to that limit of it's we needed it to be believable enough mm-hmm. but also absurd enough in the room to play in the room. Cool, so that's it. It sounds a bit youthful. I don't know, maybe for like, I don't know, Tot's ego for our slightly younger demo stations. What do you think? I feel like you're having me on. You what, what do you mean? I don't know. You don't think it's an actual song, do you? No, I don't. Oh, my God. Ego's calling it. He's calling it to it's his a, face. It's an awkward standoff between... We've got to go in, mate. It's Guy versus Ego. Yeah, come on, let's go. <laughs> let's, let's go. go. Let's We're travelling in now, everybody. Here we go. I listen to the lyrics, so let's go. I just didn't think it would be something you would do. I don't You're right, Ego. <laughs> Ego, you picked it. Ego just picked it. Oh, we'll put you out of your misery. <laughs> we'll put him out of his misery. <laughs> do you think 
their ability to turn nothing into something made it easier or harder to reflect in content promos? It's both because, I mean, the content's so great, Mm. but often you would turn around and look at some stuff and go, there are so many levels and hoops of understanding to jump through to get this idea. It just cannot happen in 30 seconds. Like it took six minutes on the air. Mm. And so a lot of what I was often doing was looking at how to simplify an idea, finding the language or the hook that gets people across that bridge of understanding, I guess, into a complex idea of mm. why this is funny. And looking looking at the out or the the destination, I guess, of the promo mm. and going, what do I need to get there? So if I can actually cut out the whole premise of the break because that's not needed to understand the funny, then I'll do that with some VO or with a line from the boys. Sometimes you're successful in that and sometimes you're not. Sometimes mm. I look back on it and go, there's no way to get that idea simply. But it was about constantly looking at whenever we were going on a big journey, what's the way I can sum this up quickly to get people there if they haven't heard it, mm. to get them to that point of understanding that makes the rest of this journey funny or why this is funny. Everything is neat and practical Cause that's the way he likes it But what if it wasn't? Upset Andy! Call now, 13 10 60 Or in a format that upsets Andy 131 06 naught. How would you guys flag with each other if you thought there was a better way of doing something or what's the secret to, to keeping that team vibe buzzing along nicely? Well, it's about being open and honest within the team and the boys are really great at having the conversation, having the difficult conversation there and then Mm -hmm. and then letting it go and not letting stuff fester. Mm -hmm. That's always been their part of ethos is if something didn't work for some reason, let's have that conversation and work out why or where the where the misjudging communication is or how we can learn from it and move and then move on mm. um and it's also part of working with a lot of the same people for a long time is you learn how to deal with different people's working styles and you know for example, Ando and I would spend a lot of time together crafting stuff together. If it, if it was for something that he was doing, he likes to sit and spitball ideas with me and see if something works and try something different and I'll suggest something and then we'll try it. And Whereas Haim liked to come in, spurt his stuff into the microphone and then just go, you do whatever you want, Marshy. Mm. You just, I trust you to to... Pick the funniness and then because he's already on to the next thing in his head. Mm. Whereas Andy sits and reflects about stuff a lot more and will often come back to something a couple of days later and go, I've had another thought. Mm. So just two very different working styles. And so then it's about adapting how I work with both of them to maximize a creativity and efficiency, I suppose, to get stuff on the air, to go... 
I can plant a seed a couple of days earlier with Ando and I'll know he'll think about it and come back to me. Mm. Um, whereas Hay, my best chance is when he's in front of me in the booth to just fire things at him and go, yeah, that's great. Let's do that and yeah, do it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's about learning how your talent works, I suppose, and adapting your working style to get the best out of them. Running, sprinting, winning. Say well done, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Running, jumping, cheating. I mean, I felt something. Did it's you just... feel yourself cheating? Is that what you felt? <laughs> Desperate kitchen kissing. I'll give you a kiss if you want that badly. <laughs> Jesus, don't God start terrorising women at breakfast. <laughs> Naked dating dancing. Slid in, risky business style, top half tuxedo, <laughs> bottom half nude. <laughs> Not your average radio show. Weekdays from four. A lot of shows end abruptly in radio. Um, It was never going to be easy to say goodbye, at least for now, to Hamish and Andy on the live radio show. Do you think it was easier or harder with that long run-up of 12 months, wasn't it? They announced 12 months out. This is the final year. Yeah. That easier or harder, do you think? Um... I don't know, I suppose we were prepared for it and we felt, we always felt lucky to just be doing the show. You know, we knew it was the best work we were probably ever going to do and it was the funnest journey we were ever going to go on. So we just enjoyed the ride while we had it. Um, and... I know, I suppose we had time to look back on like we did 10 years and 10 weeks, which was just a, was filling a, a, a necessary on air hole, but it was, um, that was our good chance to sort of reflect on the content and, and say goodbye a little bit. And then, so then the final year was just about fun and about doing stuff that we wanted to do. And yeah, it didn't really. It didn't feel like goodbye at the time, and it still doesn't because mm. I'm still doing stuff with them. Yeah. Um, it it just felt like we were moving to the next evolution of what they were going to do and that they'll probably come back to radio at some time, and if they do, we'll be there. Um, but that... Yeah, it didn't feel like it was a definite end and we're never going to hear from these people again because we just knew that wasn't the case. Um, Radio is so much in their blood that they will be back on it at some stage and Mm. we'll get the band back together. Over the years, Hamish and Andy have been on many great adventures. The caravan of courage, Beijing, the people's ship, sailing your home in Afghanistan. Welcome to New York, the people's cruise. It's cool, boys, in the front <laughs> Join them Monday as their final adventure begins. Their last year on radio. All right, guys, let's rock. Hamish and Andy. Back live for 2017, Monday from four. God, we got a big year plan. It's a once-in-a-lifetime show, Marshy. You would have oh, to yeah. agree. I don't... Incredible experience. Absolutely count myself as very lucky to have worked with them and continue working with them. So mm. I hold on very tightly to stuff I do with them because it um, 
it's the spark that lights my creative fire most of the time. And, um, yeah, absolutely very lucky to have done stuff and learnt a lot along the way from them as creative people and from the other team members um, and from people within the industry about yeah what we're doing and why we do it. You've added so much value to that show and what they do. Um, you should be so bloody proud, man. Thank you, mate. Um, for people that are listening that, um, you know, because Hamish and Andy is the dream, the dream show, any advice or words you want to pass on to people that are listening and how could they be better at what they do if they're in a show environment? I suppose what we talked about earlier of of being that creative part of the show and not a service to the show, mm. that's certainly been an ethos that I've tried to develop in all shows I've worked on and I've worked on plenty of shows now. Yeah. It's always about what, how can I add value to this show, whether that's in the promo or whether that's in the planning meeting or whether that's thinking about how we're going to record out of the studio. I mean, that became a big part of the Hamish and Andy journey was being able to leave the studio and, and do stuff out and about. Um, and capturing that would have been a challenge at times. Absolutely. And those are skills that I developed over the time and, and um, developed skills, developed a, a set of gear that we could do it with and planning. So knowing going into that, that, my voice was going to be the voice of how do we capture this for radio as much as what we were doing might be a fun video or something like that. We've still got to have a radio sensibility in it about what we're capturing. Um, and yeah, really thinking about what gear to take and how best to capture this to get the best idea and being nimble on the, along the way to react to stuff that's going to happen off the cuff. But having a, a plan and a concrete plan going into what we're trying to achieve in leaving the studio mm. and knowing, yeah, when stuff's done. And I think you can only really have that if you're there with them. Yeah. So like, Sending the gear out and just seeing what comes back is, is risky, That was right? my worst nightmare. That's what I yeah. hated. And so, yeah, getting getting something back from a producer who was not there to make sure the audio was recorded properly. They were there to, to you know, mm. facilitate the boys getting into the building properly mm. and meeting the people they'd arranged to meet and stuff like that. So their last priority was audio. And then their next thing was that I get handed an SD card and go, oh, it was all pretty good. Mm. Whereas if I'm there, I've half done the edit in my head. Spot on. When I press stop. Mm-hmm. Yep, because you're just so, going click, 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 click. Yep. Yep. And the boys have such definite ideas about content is I also have those conversations there and then. So when we're on the bus traveling across Australia or we're on the cruise ship in the middle of the ocean, we finish recording something and I go to Ando, that was the standout moment. This, that, I think that bit can hit the floor and let's build this as a, you know, three-minute montage or whatever, or I think that can be two bits on the air, two breaks. or mm. And just having that constant conversation in the moment just means that the turnaround's that much quicker but also better, I think, because you're all on the same page. Mm. So much experience and sort of quality of thought 
that leads to a simple product. Well, yeah, and the other thing is like a lot of my work, the prou- sometimes the proudest stuff is if you can't hear what I've done. Mm. We were in Central Australia recently with the Kennedy Malloy Show at a remote Indigenous community, which was just a fascinating journey. Um, but we recorded with one of the elders for probably 17 minutes mm-hmm. and we needed it to be one break. And what was really gratifying at the end was um, Santo Chilaro, who was really involved with this charity, Red Dustin, who was with us and knew these elders and has been going there for 20 years, came up to me and said, I loved that edit because I couldn't hear what you edited out. I couldn't hear an edit. Mm. But he said, it just flowed. You kept all the respect, which those stories needed but it went from 17 to five. Hmm. So those are, you know, proud moments. And, the, the, and there's really no no discernible, you know, there's no flashbang sound effects or music <laughs> beds or anything like that. Hmm. Um, but it's that craft of storytelling again and um, how best can I tell this story? I mean, when I first started at Fox, I'd never used Pro Tools before. So my first day on Matt and Joe, I'm like, looking at this going, okay, I'm going to be so... And I was terribly, terribly slow. Like I'd been an audio producer for a few years, but we'd used Nuendo at ARN when I was there and I'd used various other systems previous to that. I'd never used Pro Tools. Um, But I suppose what it comes back to is they all do essentially the same thing. It's only as good as the story you're putting into it or the idea or the creative idea you're putting into it. So, you know, I don't use a lot of plugins. I don't use a lot of effects. For me, it's more about the core of storytelling and crafting that story um, and how can I best tell it on the air and what music can I use to set a mood or a tone but ultimately stay out of the way of the raw material, Mm. which is the bed base of my story, I guess. Mate, so much respect for you. Seriously, your work is killer. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about so much of what you know. No worries, mate. Cheers. Amazing. And Hamish and Andy's EP actually just recently described Marshy as, and I quote, the single most talented radio person I have ever worked with. Well, that is just bloody great. So thank you, Marshy. That was awesome, brother. All right, if you want to get in contact, podcastshow at gmail.com. I'm at Dom Evans AU on Twitter. And until next week, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week.